The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, they took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, in accordance with the dictate and the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself, a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. They had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord. They returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What do Babe Ruth, Rocky Balboa, and Abraham all have in common? Well, they allowed their adversity to become the fuel for their success. In in other words, their pain to reveal great gains. So what do all of those have to do with the solemnity of the Holy Family. Well, not only do they remind us or teach us how to swing for the fences, how to take a punch, or how to deal with this adversity of even God's will, but more importantly, they teach us that no matter if if we are an orphan, uh, if we are maybe a little bit of an outsider or struggling even with infertility, that these burdens can become the building blocks for a championship, building blocks for a championship family. Because their lives were very messy. And so is family life, right? Seldom does it go as planned. If we look to the the Holy Family, we recognize it's so evident. Not only was Christ born in in a stable, but then, as we know this time of year, we recall that in receiving that dream, Joseph knew that they had to go and to flee off to a foreign country, to go to Egypt, a place that they didn't know. And then, as we pick up in the Gospel today, at the presentation of the Lord in the temple... Simeon reveals to Mary, your heart too, a sword shall pierce. 
For us, how often do, do things maybe start out poetic? And even the church's teaching on family life seems very poetic until experience actually hits and it seems more like a cartoon anvil dropping straight on top of us, nearly crushing us to death. But amidst all of that, many households find themselves feeling crushed. Whether still a family unit or with children spread out, how often is there fighting? Is there tension within the family? Is there something heavy holding them down, almost making them crush them? But yet, that's why I love these three figures. That's why I especially love how the church has chosen Abraham as an example today, giving us a preview almost for an ESPN 30 for 30 in the second reading. Because it tells that story of how he allowed these difficult moments and how his story reminds us not to forget that these weights and these burdens are oftentimes the tools that God gives us to, like Jesus, to grow strong and to mature. And so for our family, or for those who are young, maybe your future family, to be able to turn our our pain into gains, then our household has to be viewed like that weight room. And we have to trust that very process. Because Abraham, while he wasn't perfect, allowed each and every one of those struggles to be like another weight or another exercise, allowing him to be strengthened in his resolve. Think about it. He and Sarah's infertility, recognizing that very struggle late into their old age, He allowed this promise of God that, mind you, as you've probably heard before, to have these these descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. When God asked Abraham to go out and look at the sky, it was day. I don't know about you, but I can't see any stars during the day. But how often is that our own experience, right? That God offers us something that maybe we think that we're never going to see any change. We're never going to see any resolve in the weights of our own life. Maybe it's in a particular sin or it's in a particular family situation that we experience. But the Lord desires to bring us even small and gradual gains. When we see the fruit of our trust in those moments, we see a little bit of growth. Don't be surprised if, like Abraham, we find just yet another struggle. Because Abraham received this promised heir, but then as our second reading recounts, God puts him to the test to put his life on the line, to sacrifice his only son. But even more, after all of that, the second reading also includes, God asks Abraham to go to a land that he knew not. But all the while, through all these adversities, Abraham accepts. And each of these challenges conditions his heart to be strengthened, not just in his love for God, but also in his love for family. So as we view our household, or even our dorm room, even just with our roommates, we view our own life as this weight room, As we look to see each adversity as a different weight or a different exercise, a few tips to remember. First and foremost, the prerequisite for Jesus to grow and to become strong in our gospel today was that Mary and Joseph had fulfilled the prescriptions of the law. If we dodge certain muscle groups because they're tedious or we don't really want to, or if we fail to demonstrate the exercise of our faith, the belief of our faith, or placing expectations on our spouse, our siblings, even for parents to place expectations on their children without ever explaining them, well, then it's going to become like those weights without proper knowledge, a weight that threatens and will hurt our children. It even means that the Catholic education that they receive will be all for naught, because it will just be a big lie. It will be something that was taught to them, but now just a subject that can be passed away. Knowing the rules of baseball helps Babe Ruth to know how to experience growth 
Knowing the rules and conditions helped Rocky Balboa know how to bring a different tactic in. And knowing the faith helped Abraham to remain faithful in his exercise and his fidelity to God. But next, alongside with knowing the exercise, we have to identify where our weaknesses are. A number of years ago when I went to physical therapy, every single time I'd bring in a different pain or a different area, and each time they'd be like, well, it's because you need to strengthen that part of your body. If we let go of these weaknesses, we don't acknowledge them, then we're not going to be able to find strength. But net recognize, though, it's really important in a family, even with a spouse, and most especially with the spouse, if our identifying of the weaknesses becomes just calling out the frailties in one another, then it becomes a family of condemning. Rather, if we recognize the area for growth and we focus on the virtue which corresponds to it, then we'll be able to encourage and strengthen one another in our resolve. For example, think about it. If you tell your, your child, well, if, you, if, you, if we can grow in temperance, if we can grow in self-control, then we won't get sick from eating too many peanut clusters on Christmas Day. And finally, life is exhausting. If we go to the cross, if we experience that sacrifice, if we're willing to go with Christ, with all the burdens that maybe he's given us, whether it's, it's something we experience, mental struggles or physical struggles, whatever it may be, If we go there without receiving the blood and water which flowed forth from his side, then we'll remain in perpetual pain because we need the proper nutrition for recovery. If we never receive the Lord worthily in the Eucharist, we won't receive the medicine of immortality. We'll never receive that which unites us as family. And if we avoid the waters of confession, well, then we'll never allow the hand of God to remove those weights that we've dropped upon our chest by our different failures or those different punches that we've dealt. With confession, even the most egregious of errors within a marriage can become the knockout that awakens us to a new love. And so my brothers and sisters, as we celebrate this solemnity of the Holy Family, let us have hope. Let us have hope that we, like the Holy Family, can foster a place to grow and to become strong. May we be eager to lift the weights that we're handed acknowledging our weaknesses and responding by pursuing virtue and being nourished by the sacraments so that together we may see our pains turned into gains. And like Abraham, in faith, receive the power to beget not just physical life, but supernatural life, the strength needed to become ourselves a holy people, a holy family.